I just, yeah, Randy's <laughs> response to that. Oh, jeez. Imagine if the moon were made of cheese. Oh, man. All right. Good morning and welcome to Downloadable Coffee Dallas. I'm your host, Rebecca, and joining me today is... Michael Sewell. This is a podcast where we recap the game events happening around the DFW area and beyond, as well as look back at topics that took over the VGOCC, the Video Game Open Coffee Club, last week. Uh, but before we completely get into our, our new episode today, I want to talk about our last episode. We had Daniel Shea on to talk about his new album, Sorty, Sorted, Sorted, plus Somewhat Chippy. Uh, I was told that Trey, who does our sound editing for our podcast, actually reached out to Daniel after the episode to grab one of his songs. And it, apparently they played that at the very end of the episode. So if you suck around, you might you might have gotten a chance to hear some of his music. Or if you still want to check out what, what he has and you didn't get a chance to listen to podcasts, go to danielshea.co where you can check out some other work and you can see his bio and see what he's kind of getting up to. Uh, so that was last podcast. Um, now let's take a look at past events. Yeah. Uh, last week we had the drink up, the game dev drink up. Mm-hmm. And uh, a bunch of short guys had the, their uh, Sunday at Dallas Makerspace uh, event called Really, Really Long Life Drawing Pose. Yeah. Uh, how Did you attend that? <laughs> no, I did not attend that. I, I want to know how long, really, really long <laughs> life drawing is. I don't. Are we talking like holding a pose for an hour? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have drawing abilities, so I don't like to put myself in situations where I'll be <laughs> disappointed with myself. <laughs> so I left that to any of our artists, uh, members that really wanted to just up their game in life art. So apparently, I think they had like one or two models for the day to, to do things with. So we'll see. Um, so that was what happened last week or these past events. Here's what's coming up now. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. Dallas Society of Play. I haven't seen them put up their new their next event, but usually it's a show and play, and that's either it's like the last week. Um, either like a Tuesday or Wednesday, so I don't know exactly. I'll keep an eye out. Last week of the month? Yeah, last week of the month. Um, I don't know when exactly, but I'll keep an eye out, and as soon as I see a notification go up, I'll post it in the Facebook group. Um, A bunch of short guys, it's two things that we have here. So on July 21st, a bunch of short guys is having photogrammetry, yeah. Which is a way of kind of um, getting textures for assets. Not just such. textures, uh, whole models. So photogrammetry is the process of taking like tons of cameras surrounding an object mm-hmm. uh, and capturing like every bit of detail from every possible angle of this object. So uh, if you could take like a whole person, put it in there and take their exact data and bring it into... Uh, computer software, and from there, do what you need to do to make it usable as a CGI character. Oh, wow. That is what a bunch of short guys will be sharing uh, this July 20th. It'll be super cool. You guys should definitely check that it's out. It's by Keegan Keen, is the, is who's the speaker. Um, and then I got the, a bunch of short guys got in contact with me 
Um, they wanted to know if there were any local talents in the area that were interested at showcasing at their artist alley when industry joints happen. Uh, and so I try to find, I'll try to find out a little bit more information, but I think they do have um, a, a form you can fill out and it's a relatively, they're saying a relatively small fee, but I don't know what they considered small. I know what some conventions consider small, yeah. <laughs> but there's no telling what they considered small. Uh, so keep an eye out. I'll post it in, in the Facebook group or the Discord uh, when I get more information on that so our peeps can get in there. Um, oh, and let's not forget conferences that are coming up. July 27th, Let's Play Gaming Expo is at going to be at, for the first time, at the Irving Convention Center. And mm-hmm. um, we have a couple members that might be showing up to either just walk around and see the event or be showcasing some of their, some of their games at the actual event. And uh, it's very limited time. So on July 21st is the photogrammy, but that's also the last day you can get 50% off of industry giant tickets. Mm. So if you want to get like a, it's something like $100 off a ticket. Uh, so if you want to get in on that, you better move fast. You only have until July 21st. And that. One more. Oh, is it? Uh, QuakeCon is in uh, is on August 9th, or well, the weekend of August 9th uh, through the twelfth, so Thursday through Sunday. Oh, you know uh, what? That's I, always fun. I had a. I even posted it in the Facebook. I did not put it down in the <laughs> show notes. Oh man! I just remembered it because I'm going. So. Yes, yes. Actually, <laughs> the BYOC, the Bring Your Own Computer place, is almost always jam packed. Oh, and yeah. the day of registration. It is like a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they actually really improved it this year. Yeah. You can register whole groups together. Nice. Whereas before you had to like, it was a mad dash to scramble to get everybody together. Uh, yeah. It was a nightmare. But yeah. uh, one of our good friends who works at Zenimax mm-hmm. was able to, to secure us a bunch of seats. So Awesome. So that'll be sweet. Awesome. That's great. All right, cause anytime. Now, uh, for those of you that haven't been to QuakeCon, there is like a little show display going on at the same time mm-hmm. where you can play games. They have some talks that go on from some of the Bethesda and, and partners that they have come in that do talks on, on things about video games. Uh, <laughs> the BYOC, BYOC is where you can see people bring in rigs that are crazy. But by which she means like computer pre- or, uh, computers that people have built. Right. The, uh, and some of them are just like, Phenomenal. They're super cool. They always have a competition to uh, to show like the coolest modified cases or mm-hmm. the coolest computer builds. I think the one that won the competition last year was a uh, was it was it the lifelike statue of one of the Fallout Four characters that had a computer inside it, <laughs> like full gaming rig. Uh, there was one that was a whole like Nuka Cola vending machine that was a computer, nice. but it was it was you know like bite sized vending machine. It was pretty cool. Uh, Actually, I think last year I had my own computer in that competition as, as well, uh, though it wasn't anywhere near as cool as <laughs> Well, so anyways, uh, those of you that are going to QuakeCon, awesome. And those of you that are still on the fence, don't be. Go check it out. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, QuakeCon itself is free besides the BYOC, which you do have to pay for it. But yeah. QuakeCon yeah. itself is free. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, and it's at the Gaylord, uh, mm-hmm. which is about... Uh, 20 minutes west of Frisco. Okay. I want to say. Okay. Um, yeah. That's just a rough guesstimate. So, mm-hmm. you know. So that was upcoming events. Let's go ahead and get into the recap. Recap. 
All right, so this is the part where we recap what happened at the club or the topics that we talked about at the club. Thursday group had a lot to go through and we didn't get through all of the topics. And Friday group, not so many things. And a lot of them was the Thursday group just showing up because they had nothing better to do. (laughs) So that's perfect. Come hang out. Uh, So for the Thursday, we talked about AI bots trained for 180 years a day to beat humans at Dota 2. Uh, OpenAI, I believe, is the name of the company that created this bot. Uh, It started out as a one versus one, and they were like, that's not challenging enough, so they did a five five versus five. Um, The part of the article that really impressed me, because I was reading it right then and there, uh, the part of the article that really impressed me was the reason why they were doing it in game format. It's the idea that you can take this AI that was trained in a virtual game space and put it to an actual real-world city structure uh, yeah, uh, space instead, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, by di- their reasoning is that stuff in games is unpredictable. There's always something new that's going to happen, and so is it for the real world. So if you train it in space that's very chaotic and then take it to another space, it should be able to handle itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Later this year, during the internationals, they're going to play against some of the best. They're going to set their AIs up against some of the best Dota 2 players. So I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to yeah, go. Yeah, that will be very interesting. Uh, I wonder if they'll train them at some point. Like, if they feed in, like, say on these professional Dota teams, they feed in, well, one of their members can't make it or mm -hmm. gets knocked out or banned or something (laughs) like that. So they feed in an an AI to take his spot. Do you think he'll, like, also be uh, typing in toxicity in the chat as (laughs) well? Like, wow, play better team. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Just maybe. Just maybe for the kicks of it. Oh, I forgot. Another thing that this article that I really liked that it talked about was... Uh, so, for those that are in AI, they know that AI is kind of this umbrella term, right? Now it's kind of this umbrella term. It's evolved so much mm-hmm. from what it was in the 90s, right? Now there are smaller instances within AI. So, you have machine learning, which is the most talked about because that's what right, a lot of right. like algorithms are built off of. Then you have deep learning and so on and so forth. Right. right? And all of those are, are approaching true artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Right. So instead of referring to it as machine learning, which is what they said it was, uh, they refer to it as enforce- reinforcement learning, which I really like because that it's they already have a set of parameters, but now they're using machine learning to sort of reinforce what they've taught it as well as allow it to grow. Right, right. It's, it's all about the machine learning processes and neural networks in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I was looking into, the, into it a bit this weekend because I was very interested. Um, there, there's a lot of different methods by which you could train your your AI to mm-hmm. to you know how to handle many specific different scenarios. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you say machine learning, it's it's kind of a broad stroke term to cover like any way to train these mm-hmm. these bots to do mm-hmm. any uh, any specific tasks that you're trying to get them to do. The next thing that we talked about is the 80s and 90s PC games still unbelievably being updated today. Uh, that's the name of the of the article, but it's still, when we were going through it, is actually pretty impressive. Uh, so they have examples here like NetHack, which is still being, which was released July 1987. Mm-hmm. And the latest update to it was actually April 27, 2018. Uh, there's uh, the next one on here that they have is Gemstone 4, released 1988. Last update was June 15th, 2018. Jeez. 
uh, Kingdom of Dakar. Dakar? D-R-A-K-K-A-R. Dakar? Dakar. Sure. Uh, 1989. Last updated June 15th, 2018. Uh, Genesis, 1989. March 6, 26, 2018. And then they, it's just, they have a whole list of games. Uh, but what they're talking about, the, what, the most surprising one for me was StarCraft. <laughs> Which was released March in my childhood, 1998, and it was last updated April 12, 2018. That was the most shocking one for me. There are a couple other games in here that they talk about um, that have been released a long time ago and still being updated. And what they talk a lot about in the article is you have a community that is just keeping these games alive, either through mods or the game was designed in such a way that it didn't rely on dialogue that could get kind of old real quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it just kind of randomly generates its own levels. Uh, so it's really interesting to see how communities and developers and whatnot pick up to kind of keep these old titles that are sort of the foundation for a lot of gaming today uh, alive. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not surprised by StarCraft <laughs> out of that whole list. I was because I knew that they had done an HD release. But I w wasn't really thinking that they still kept the stuff going. I thought once like StarCraft Two came out, that was kind of like the end all be all. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I mean, <laughs> Blizzard is also very good about about constantly updating their games and making sure that they're you know up to the standards that mm -hmm. they that people expect of them. Really. Right, right. <clears throat> um, then there was a game announcement: Override Mecha City Brawl. Uh, it's what it sounds like. It's a me mecha's brawling in a city-state. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a lot of members that are super into eSports, so they might be happy to know that Blizzard and Disney partner up to bring Overwatch League to ESPN and other networks that are <laughs> supported by Disney. It started okay. July 11th. Uh, yeah, it started July 11th, and it's going to go on until the finale, which is, I believe, July 27th. Is that on ESPN now? Yeah. Which ESPN? Disney XD, they, they named a couple in here. It's like okay. Disney okay. XD, um, ESPN, ABC is going to have the recap. Uh, so yeah, the finals are July 27th and 28th. Then on July 29th on ABC, they're going to play the highlights of the games that were played. Uh, fighting a toxic Steam community and winning. I, whew, I didn't put the name of the company that did this. Uh, Creative Assembly. I believe is who it was. Uh, Creative Assembly. What they found was their Steam community super toxic. Terrible people just getting in there, making a whole bunch of noise, getting loud. And what they decided to do is take somebody and put them into the Steam community with the full understanding that it is a toxic environment mm -hmm. and that they might hate themselves at the end mm -hmm. of the day. They still went for it. And by just having a presence there, it changed the community within a week is what the article says. So within a week, they changed their community. They taught their their people how to start reporting, how to uh, in, engage better. <laughs> and if they ever saw comments that are like, oh, I hate this. They're such terrible people. I don't like this developer at all. Then they get in there and go, oh, I'm sorry to hear about that. And they found like, oh, whoa, I didn't think you were actually going to see my comment. I'm so sorry. And that sort of changed a lot of how people yeah, were responding. So they got real community management. Mm -hmm. Yes, real <laughs> community management. The part that I think I like the best about the article is, <coughs> what, you know how we talked last time on topics that we sometimes ban or um, 
keep away from the group. Because right, right, right. We moderated a little. Yeah. Um, they they do something where they create like lightning rounds, uh, where they put the topics that are most controversial kind of on its own thread, so that people can still get involved with it. They just don't shut it down because they're going to have these conversations anyways, and they're right, just going right, to continue on this side. So I really liked what they talked about and how they went about. Maybe we should have a loot box table. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that is going to be like two but people. But on, on that same note, before we move on to the <laughs> next topic. Uh, <clears throat> similarly, Rainbow Six Siege back in, or, or Ubisoft with Rainbow Six Siege, uh, announced back in, uh, I believe it was April, that mm-hmm. they were make, going to make a strong effort to fight toxicity in their game. Uh, and they have been. So, uh, for a while, people were, if, if they were commenting a lot of, like, racial or homophobic slurs or things like that, you know, they'd, they'd get warnings or eventually maybe a ban. Well, now, as of this past week, mm-hmm. uh, if you type any racial or homophobic slur into the game's chat within like 20 seconds you will be banned whoa uh and the first offense is like 30 minutes second event or second offense and third offense are both two hours and then after that they'll like thoroughly review your account <laughs> for permaban i mean it's good to see a lot more companies starting to take a step up and fight it. There's yeah. a that's kind of the reason why I stopped playing online games was because of a lot of the toxicity that came my way. Oh yeah, I was just like I don't I don't want to well, deal with. Well, you know, this. there were a lot of people on Twitter who were like, I just got banned for saying what wasn't even a real word, but it was you know pretty close to yeah, us yeah. and all that and blah blah blah. And and the official account, the the official Rainbow Six Siege account, replied directly to him. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh so man. They they are. Like they've chosen their their field, their hill to die on, right? right so yeah. good, good for them. I just remember working at Microsoft for I worked there for like four years, and I reviewed game accounts, uh, and I helped fix broken game accounts. Gotcha. And the amount of creatively spelled gamer tags, yeah, often had a lot of us going. Should we send this up? For review, just to see, or just continue to let them play this, <laughs> play into this gamer tag. Uh, there were a couple that we did send up because it was just blatantly wrong. Oh, like, yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. Um, I'm not going to say any of them as much as I want to, but I'm not going to say I any mean, of them. <laughs> given a, an avenue to, to be disgusting, people will do it. Look at the Roblox stuff. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't find any more news on Roblox this week. <laughs> I was, uh, I was like, if I read one more, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to ban myself from reading this stuff again. Uh, so, okay. So those were the, so awesome. I'm glad that we're seeing a huge stance and we're, we're finding companies are finding good ways, not just like uh, running in there and completely banning everything, mm-hmm. anybody involved, but they're, we're fi- they're finding good ways to start regulating their communities and awesome. Uh, so Friday, we didn't have a whole lot to talk about because a lot of the people on Friday were from Thursday, but the stuff that we did get into was um, Fortnite creator Epic gives Unreal Asset creators a raise in payback pay. Uh, So they went from, I think it was like 80%, 12% or something like that. And now it's, it's, that that was bad numbers. So so to to outline what what that was, Creators who partner with Epic or, or use Unreal to ship games, so like an indie game shipped in Unreal, uh, they don't necessarily have to pay Unreal until their game becomes successful. Mm-hmm. When their game becomes successful, I think it's like you sell more than 5,000 copies or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, then Unreal would uh, 
would take something like 12 to 20% of your sales, uh, which is, is reasonable considering how useful their, their editor is. But what they've done is they lowered that amount to something like like 8%. So, well, it was 30% they were taking. Okay, it was 30. Now they're taking about 12%. Okay. They, yeah. they reduced it down to 12. But what's <laughs> amazing about this, not only did they do that, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, really empowers the creators to get gets them more money because mm-hmm. Epic doesn't need the money anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Fortnite. <laughs> uh, right? Um, but also, the, the most amazing part about this is that all the previous creators before they enacted this are getting money back because uh, it's uh, what's what's the proper term like prorated mm. something like that. Uh, they're essentially anybody who released a game before back this pay. point back pay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They they received back pay uh, for anybody who shipped a game before they enacted this this change, which is is really amazing, and I'm sure that helps out a lot of indie devs. So it says here, Epic also shared some details and stats about Unreal Engine and the marketplace. The Toolkit has 6.3 million users as of July. Right. That's up to 1 million for March, and Fortnite is driving a lot of that interest. Uh, so there, you're seeing this huge increase in things. Um, mm-hmm. So the company also revealed that Unreal Engine Marketplace has seen 30% growth in the number of active sellers through the first half of the year to a total of 1,500. The store now has 5,000 products for sale, and the marketplace has served Eight million downloads since it's launched. I believe it. Woo! It's pretty cool. Epic is just killing it. <laughs> move, Unity. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and then we got into so, so we have we have you and we have Matt and maybe one or two others that sometimes pop up from Gearbox. Uh, and we got into a little bit of history on Gearbox, some of like the controversies that happened with Gearbox. But we oh. we talked mostly about the publishing arm that Gearbox has. Because I asked, is, is there any news that anybody wanted to share? And Matt just happened to sit down at the right time. And he was like, well, the publishing arm has released several games over the last... Just uh, just Friday, we released two. Um, yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. So he, he had the same problem. When I asked him was, is there a place where people who are interested in the publishing arm of Gearbox can go and see what games are being released? Is there a place? Uh, I mean... Generally, our name is on on a lot of news, and you can you can check out our YouTube channel. We're always posting marketing information and, and all that stuff for any of the games that we're publishing. Okay. Uh, the one we released Friday was called Earthfall. It's okay. a Left for Dead style mm-hmm. game, uh, so four player co op, and you're defending against aliens and trying to escape mm-hmm. from you know it's Independence Day, but the game and it's awesome. So you should definitely check it out. Uh, but again, that's just publishing. We didn't develop that. Right, right, and that's what we were kind of getting into and. He was mentioning that Gearbox publishing arm is sort of on fire because they have a lot of things that they have to, oh, yeah, they have yeah. to do. <laughs> well, on fire in a good way. Like yes. they're, they're doing an awesome job up there. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to uh, Gearbox on, <clears throat> on that. Now, I did skip a topic, but I purposely did this uh, for the Thursday group. We got a little bit into it. We didn't touch it on Friday. Uh, but there, it's since we mentioned it and talked about it and since the news broke. Yeah, I'm about to... Uh, it's been exploding. It's the ArenaNet uh, Guild Wars 2 firing. Yeah, um, the, the narrative uh, team members. Right. So <laughs> we're going to get into that here in a second. That's going to be our expansion topics. But first, I want to go into our shout outs. And then I invite you guys to stay longer to get involved in the conversation about Guild Wars 2. 
um, firing. So our shout outs are, of course, always Trey Hodge, who is amazing and is just the fact that you reached out to Daniel. I'm talking directly to you, Trey. The fact that you reached out to Daniel and asked him for stuff that was above and beyond. And I didn't even think of that. So that was just awesome. Daniel was super excited when I saw him again. He's just like, thank you so much for putting my stuff in there. I didn't know. And I was like, whoa, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Uh, so thank you for, you know, just reaching out and being involved in, in helping us with this. Um, of course, shout out to Anwar because he's working really hard to make sure we stay on task. Some of the people that we've invited on has mentioned that the podcasts, like their episodes have been missing. And so Anwar has been working really hard to figure out what happened and find those episodes. And we're just going to upload them as the lost episodes and, just, <laughs> and start fresh from there. All right. Uh, that works. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to Anwar uh, for coming up with a solution to a problem we were like bashing our heads against the law for for the longest time. Of course, thanks to Nirvana. They continuously allow us to come up here and use their podcast booth. Uh, I know they they wanted us out before, but I'm glad they allowed us to say thank you to Michael for helping us keep a good location to work in. Um, So definitely come down here. It's in Frisco. It's awesome. They have a great selection of just (laughs) cups of joe you can get. Yeah, and uh, board games. Yeah, they sell Ooh. board games. They're a board game shop, but they're also a really good coffee shop and mm-hmm. some of the best coffee, especially in the Frisco area. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So definitely come check it out. And yeah. you, maybe if you come on a, on a Monday in the morning, you can see us in the booth doing our thing. Yeah, we're here at 8 a.m. is when we start our show. Is when we start our recording. Yes, uh, yes. And then we're trying to get them out on Wednesday. And it did get out on Wednesday last week. Yeah, I saw that. We're getting that, that consistent schedule going. Yes, I'm super excited. Uh, so... And unless, unless Anchor kind of makes it hard, <laughs> but we should be fine. You can find us on all of platforms. We're trying to get onto Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, a player, our FM.FM. Player.FM. Yeah. Yeah. You can find us on there. And of course, on the Anchor app where we post it first. So let's go ahead and get into the expansion topic. Yeah. Uh, it's blown up in a huge way. So let's kind of talk about what led up to it and then kind of the fallout since then. Right, right. Uh, I don't necessarily want to mention, like right <clears throat> off the bat, let's not like mention specific people's names mm-hmm. uh, because I don't, I'm, I'm sure they've gotten enough attention <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the moment. We don't need to do that. But uh, so basically what happened was uh, a narrative team lead or, or major team member of mm-hmm. ArenaNet uh, working on Guild Wars 2 mm-hmm. and a lot of their other titles, I assume, uh, had had done an AMA on Reddit in the past mm-hmm. uh, and answered a bunch of questions and all that stuff. Um, but they kind of repeated some of their their questions on Twitter mm-hmm. or, or some of the, the answers they gave. And they, they had this big long thread talking about how they structure their narrative and, mm-hmm. and all this. Well, one of their streaming partners, one of ArenaNet's streaming partners, uh, posed a question in reply, like, okay, I, I see that in a very, uh, in my opinion, a respectful manner, uh, <clears throat> saying like, hey, what what do you think about these kind of, of narrative choices? And she kind of just, <clears throat> or she, he, them. She. We don't know. Fine. No, I, don't, I <laughs> wanted to keep it well, on specific. No, anyway. because we're going to be getting, it's, it, yeah, the fact you're that right. it is a she is mm-hmm. going to lead into like the fallout, what happened after. You're right. So, you're right. so she kind of exploded on him. Mm-hmm. In a way, and, and it was kind of like not just brushing him off, but it was kind of aggressive. Mm-hmm. 
Which, you know, that's not the worst thing that's ever happened on Twitter. Things mm-hmm. happen like that all the time. Uh, but this, uh, oh, and, and one of her coworkers came to defend her, like, hey, look, she didn't really ask for, you know, any feedback here. Uh, and that was that was pretty much the extent of, of uh, that person's interaction. <laughs> uh, but the, the Reddit community for Guild Wars 2 and the... Uh, not not really some of the Twitter community, but a bunch of the YouTube community as well. All have kind of ganged up against mm-hmm. her and uh, and were like pushing for ArenaNet to fire her. Like this is unacceptable. Blah blah blah. Uh, well, following days, uh, ArenaNet did fire both this person and the one defending her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the worst part, in my opinion, they put out a statement on it. It was very unspecific, but seemed to only reference the one incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, a lot of people have been pointing to, you know, past Twitter incidents or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to comment too much on those. But the problem is that now, because ArenaNet uh, put out that statement, mm-hmm. like whether or not those people deserve to be fired, that's its own topic. Mm-hmm. Like that's an internal problem that ArenaNet needs to handle on their own. Mm-hmm. That was not something that should have been held publicly. Mm-hmm. But because it was exposed publicly, now we have this situation where all of these uh, these people feel emboldened, like they have real power to to control, you know, who does or does not have a job in the games industry. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's particularly affecting women. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're already seeing... A number of, like, just in the past couple weeks since this happened, really like a week and a half, Mm -hmm. we're already seeing uh, people just brigade against random women who just happen to have a public face in the Mm -hmm. industry. Um, One person in particular shared some of the responses on Twitter, or some of the emails that her company got, and it was just like, hey, this person... Was was totally offensive and rude to me. Like you should you should fire her. Or I'm not buying your games anymore. And you know, like a hun- hundreds of these kind of messages and stuff like that. And really, all that she had said was like, "Yo, leave me alone." <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's it's ridiculous. There was uh, there was one individual who was being called out for being quote unquote a transgender. Right. And and they were trying to get that person fired. Mm-hmm. Just because of that. Uh, it's 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 become this this like revival of of GamerGate. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back because there's a lot to unpack from everything. Yes, there um, is. I want to I want to first address like because I read some of the tweets and I read a, I read a bunch of articles. Yeah, <laughs> I read yeah. a bunch of articles because um, that's what you do when you get into this thing. And we talk about education all the time. So I went and educated myself just to just to kind of see all of the responses. And a friend of mine on Facebook also posted. Uh, he's Mm. They they posted the an article and of what happened with Rainanet and there's just like in the comment section it got into like third wave feminism and all this stuff. And remember what I said about beating your head against a, a brick wall? Yeah. There was a perfect example in his little thread that talked about uh well in this guy's thread <clears throat> where the guy was like third wave feminism, blah 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 blah. And the next person that got in there was obviously a feminist and was like, I'm glad you don't really understand. And then you saw like an immediately brick wall happen, mm. and the next thing you know, the net the the feminist was just like whatever, bye, and left. Didn't even like enter into like a full discussion. It was like you're wrong, I'm right, yada yada, we're done, right? And that right. that's. But I want to go back to uh, you said 
hmm. that the guy in response to the the female Twitter the one defending yeah no 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 no, no. Oh. the the YouTuber oh right yes, they wrote yes. the response right you said oh it was very cordial it, right it sounded yeah. very cordial so I read it and I've come up against this kind of thing in the past uh, where I call it sort of and this is a bad term to use but I call it sort of the fedora talk <laughs> mansplaining <laughs> no 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 not even mansplaining in such a sense while they use the term mansplaining in so many articles but that it wasn't so much as a, as a thing there are a lot of guys who um, sort of have the fedora which is why I call it the fedora talk sure, it was sure. like hello madam how is your day going right and yeah, it's that right, very right. very cordial thing <clears throat> and that's what it sounded like in that in, in that tweet right and so I could if she saw it as that sort of way I don't know her I don't know about her whole views on everything. I don't know where she is on, if we call it, the spectrum of feminism. I sure. don't know yeah, where, yeah. where it is. Yeah, we don't know right. any of these people, right? So everything here is speculation. Right. But what I think, and because this is what we were saying on Thursday, um, what I think is, it, because she specifically brought in gender, right? I think she had a lot of that internalized things that we've been seeing from women being attacked, uh, women being attacked verbally through whatever harassment uh, about that, that she took it and was like, look, here's another instance where I was just trying to do my job and now a guy is telling me how I should do it. And that's, that I can see her taking that sense and that's why she responded that way, right? Because it's still very fresh and that's still a thing that is happening. Uh, so I can see if that's the reason why she responded that way. Sure. Do I agree with the whole <laughs> thing that fell out? No, I don't. Uh, later on, there's some tweets that she puts out that I kind of agree with as well, where she's like, look, I'm not here to be your emotional courtesan, right? I'm not here to play customer service and play nice. This is my personal Twitter. I'm just, I put out an aspect of that's difficult in my job. Right. For those that don't know, her tweets were talking about the difficulties in creating a character that is not, that has no story because it's for the player. Right, right? right, you run the risk, and especially in um, dialogue choices, you run the risk of kind of disassociating your player if you give the the player character too much personality, right? Because essentially, dialogue choices means that the player has more agency in the game, right? And so she was explaining that difficulty in doing so, and that all the dialogue choices always have to be very ambiguous. Even the responses that NPCs give, non-player characters give back to the player have to sort of be ambiguously written as well uh, but you can tr tinkle or sprinkle <laughs> tinkle woo, sprinkle a few interesting things in there that kind of shows gives the player character a little bit just a little bit of uh, character yeah so yeah. to speak right and so that's what she was explaining and then he got in there and was like well honestly if you just did better character choices you would be fine right and she was like well Right. So that's that's a little bit of what what's going on there. Um, I didn't read the guy's response to defending her. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's essentially what happened. Right. And like you said, now, because the way ArenaNet came out and said we fired her because of this, it's unintentionally opened a floodgate. Right. Right. Like whether or not again, whether or not mm -hmm. she deserved to be fired over mm -hmm. that or previous Twitter interactions or, or any of that argument, that is aside. I'm going to mm -hmm. set all of that aside because that's what a lot of people love to argue about. Mm -hmm. Like, that's between her and ArenaNet, and that's internal. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be involved with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but after that, that floodgate that's been opened is uh, is unacceptable. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pull up the article that where you where you were getting a lot of your quotes from. It's written by Kotaku. It, uh, take Kotaku uh, how you want to, but they had a lot of good information in here. They did, yes. That that's very different mm-hmm. because if you go out and read a lot of the news right now, people are very, are taking a very hard stance on on it. Right, you either agree with the decision or you don't. This particular article is the only one that I've read so far where it's painting the whole picture and not fully taking a stance that says this is bad or this is good. Yeah. It's more in talking about how the community is really impacted. And that's that's the truth. It is an unintentional opening of the floodgate. And what you're finding and what this article goes on to, to explain is that even if she did whatever, um, the consequences to others, other individuals in the game industry is is what <laughs> I don't I don't know how to put it without sounding like like this is absolutely terrible because it is um, like you said it, it emboldened the trolls it emboldened right, right. it emboldened people who who don't believe women should be involved it in video games Gamergate. it did it brought it back to where we're almost seeing a Gamergate 2.0 it does we're almost seeing this uh, um, there were a lot of a lot of quotes in here where companies have come out and said uh, said that they didn't agree with the choices at ArenaNet, that they are on their own internally looking at how social media should be used, right? If it's your personal account, there's one company, I forget which one in here, and it's scroll, a lot of scrolling to find it. Um, there's one company that, that has a very strict thing that says you can have your personal but you're not allowed to talk about any projects and always right, state that your viewpoint is not in line with the studios. It's your viewpoint. Right, and a lot of people do exactly <clears throat> that. And that's, I mean, that's what my Twitter account is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, occasionally I'll post, you know, things related to what we're working on that I'm able to post, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's no longer under NDA and all mm-hmm. of that. Uh, but even even just posting something, one of the few, I mean, I'm getting into the just general Twitter vitriol mm-hmm. here. Uh a while back, I just posted a picture of a statue in the lobby of one of the characters I worked on, one of my first characters, and it was one of my most liked tweets, but I incurred so much hate just for that, just because it was it was from Battleborn and not, you know, one of our more popular franchises. Okay. Uh, in here, they were showing that they're talking about emails that they were receiving. There, uh, one student received an influx of emails that mm-hmm. called for the firing of one of their female developers. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'm going to read these lines. 50 or so of them glitched out with a lot of variables exposed, including percent female name. Right. It was a literal variable for a form where people could just take the form, type in a random female developer's name, and ship out 100 angry emails. <clears throat> So it's like a deeper that look is, at... That is disgusting. Right. And the next thing it says here, it goes, a deeper look at the names and emails associated with the letters went to Facebook bot profiles and people whose profiles indicated associations with Gamergate or 4chan. Uh, I mean, I don't want to immediately slew hate at 4chan. I don't either. Uh, because they, there's positive as well as negative there. They're just a chaotic bed of... They're, they're the bed of chaos. We'll, we'll just leave it there. Anyway... The, this a developer told Kotaku <coughs> that last Saturday there was a bunch of 4chans in the general game. Games 4chan. general. Yeah, 4chans. They, it's now people 
in the game's <laughs> general discussion thread that said something like, Reddit proved we can get bitches fired. Isn't there a female that posts here? Let's get her fired. It'll be awesome. We have the power to do it. Yeah. Right? Uh, it brings to the forefront the entitlement. How, how a lot of people, how a lot of consumers feel entitled to a lot of what goes on. Right? Um, they feel like they can call the shots with companies. Uh, and that's what we're seeing here is they feel like now because because we saw one successful incident we can do the same right and developers are now stepping up and going no <laughs> well hopefully hopefully it's it's causing discussion which there is, is important there's and, a lot of there are a lot of developers that are saying we'll look at it on a case by case basis but yeah. we're not just going to run up there because you sent me an email and said you were upset with what's going on that 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 we, we're going to immediately fire the person. Right. What's interesting is uh, my CEO, Randy Pitchford, <laughs> sorry, I saw a tweet by Ninja Sex Party there. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to pull up Randy Pitchford's mm -hmm. uh, responses to all of this. Oh, please. Uh, if you don't mind. I also just want to take a moment to explain that we're not necessarily a Gearbox podcast. No, we are absolutely <laughs> we are not. not. I, I work for we're not a, them, we're not associated them, with them. We just happen to be in the same area. Right, right. <laughs> and a few of our members, because uh, we invite we invite both enthusiasts and game professionals to join us, and we do. We have we have indie developers, we have AAA developers that come and join us at the clubs, and it's always a wonderful discussion and a wonderful time. So please, Randy's. I would love to hear Randy's because uh, yeah, Randy also yeah. tweeted out about the violent trailer, the violence in video games trailer that the Trump administration had put out. Right. <laughs> so I'd love to hear what he's what his thoughts. Well, he, on so he read the Game Informer article, kind of covering it, and his uh -huh. immediate response to all that is if uh, if either of those uh, narrative team members were part of our family here at Gearbox, then uh, quote he. He and we would have gotten their bags, uh, which is great. Of course, there's a ton of Twitter responses like, what are you doing? This is blah, 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 and pointing out all of our other things. And it's like, look, just because somebody has a mistake or makes a mistake, whether or not that is a mistake is its own topic. But mm -hmm. just because somebody made a mistake doesn't mean that they can't, you know, fix things, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so his whole thing was all about, like, look, work with your teammates and help them improve. Anybody who's been working on these games for so many years has has rapport, right? Mm -hmm. Has rapport with the team because it's it's difficult and challenging to ship games. I myself have been working crazy hours right. lately, right? <clears throat> to the to the point of Randy, there are some other ones that are that are coming out and saying, you know, uh, have offered their developers an opportunity to talk with their PR team. Right uh, to talk with their PR team and see if um, and, and see better ways of responding to harassment that they receive, mm -hmm. or if something goes out of control, they can go to the company and talk to them about what's going on before it escalates too far. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they they're very <laughs> open with their developers to say, "Come talk to us. Let's let's have let's talk about how we can solve this." So nobody, the right, internet's right. always going to have anger. Well, I mean, we're going to have these trolls no matter what. And like what I'm seeing here, Gamergate was was all about harassment directly against against women, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but now, now this is like a, a a pissed off child, like mom, look what she's doing, <laughs> like third party harassment. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
I just, yeah, Randy's response to that. <laughs> oh, jeez. Imagine if the moon were made of cheese. Oh, man. It's just... Uh, it's, yeah. But, but that, yeah, so this, this new third-party harassment trying to go through their company to harass, harass women mm-hmm. or uh, people defending their friends or uh, LGBT, LGBT people. Yeah, like, you know, that, I think that is, of all the things, yeah, uh, as... As uh, I'll be, I'm open. I'm very open. I am a lesbian, right? Yeah, and yeah. and for to see somebody come out and say you should fire this person because they're transgender or because she likes other she's that is some bull crap. And well, that, they were they that, were sending out emails like, oh, you shouldn't have a transgender working with you because it's it doesn't uphold the moral values. Blah blah. It's yeah, like, it's what, what oh right that. Do you have? It's infuriating. I, I was explaining at the beginning, uh, before we fully started the episode, that yeah. there, I'm a small business. I started my own company. I'm a small business. And I started looking at things, ways that I can say certain things. Like, I'm woman-owned, but I'm also LGBT-owned. And as it turns out, there are certifications you can get to say that you are a woman-owned or, or um, LGBT-owned. Your company. Yeah, your company is owned by, yeah, right, by right, that. Right. And um, for those of you that are like want to be encouraging and say, "Look at me, I'm, I'm amazing," I would I would highly suggest looking into those things, right? Because I'm never one to back down. I've had I've I told you guys last time when we talked about feminism um, that I've gone through the gauntlet. I've gone through the gauntlet, and because I'm a lesbian, I've also had guys come up to me and say, "I've not found the right guy." I haven't had the right guy oh, do God. the right things. Yeah, uh. that they could change my mind. That I've had the I've had those instances come to me, um, and I've never I've never fully backed down. I'm like, whoa, you're not God's gift to women. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm an atheist. Oh I can't believe that. It's, <clears throat> it's whatever. Um, um, he's atheist gift to women. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. So oh, man. I, I've gone through the gauntlet, and I've never backed down. I've been open. I'm not super secretive about it. Mm-hmm. I do know that some of the people that that I've worked with in the past have very strong feelings that are towards the negative spectrum. Um, and I've had the conversations with them about why does it matter who I'm into, right? <clears throat> I don't ever agree with anybody coming in and trying to shut somebody else's life down. Yeah. Right? I would never, would never, because I've had it all my life. Um, I, another thing I've had is dyslexia. And I've had people tell me all my life, you're never going to be anything. You're going to be flipping burgers at, and you'd think I'm joking. No, <laughs> I've had teachers sit across from my parents and say, she's never going to make it. She's never going to make it. Right. I've never stepped down. And I don't think you should ever be told to back off your dream. Right. And to have and this is kind of what I'm seeing is this this oh, floodgate is now people feeling that they have a right to come into my house and tell me how to live. And I don't agree with that. You yeah. can't tell me <laughs> what to dream. You can't tell me what to do with my life. You can't. And I've gone to conventions and had people, because I wanted to be a game writer, I've gone to conventions and had people look at me and go, oh, honey, you shouldn't do that because games don't need story. Ugh. <laughs> games don't need story. Uh, so I don't mean to turn it around on me and say, ah, but, or use it as a soapbox. My point is nobody should ever tell somebody else how to live. Yeah. Uh, nobody, unless they're in bad ways, but, uh, and nobody should have a right to tell you what to do. With your with with like whether or not you can accomplish your dream, I agree one hundred percent. So, in this whole fallout, if there were internal things happening with Arena Net, that's fine. 
right? Yeah. But the but the response that they gave, it opened it unintentionally opened this floodgate, and it restarted something that we were we fought so hard to get past, and kind of made like I, in my opinion this this could potentially lead to a Gamergate two point out. Yeah. Right. That's in my opinion. Um. Uh, I would love to see to hear what the rest of our community has to say on it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it sounds clear that we're very much on on like one side of the opinion, mm-hmm. but I think there is plenty that is open to discussion here, <clears throat> and we want to have a a genuine genuine discussion with people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on the matters of of whether or not these people should have been fired, that obviously people are still debating that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not the person defending her should have been fired. That's also still being debated. On, How on much should you take into account other people's personal social media? Right. And that, that also absolutely should, should the discussion should continue there, but what should not exist or, or even be discussed at this point is whether or not it's okay to use this as a platform to sling hate or get people fired. Mm-hmm. That is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the way that we see just, in general, we try not to get too political, but in the yeah. way that we're seeing the world today, it is just so full of hate <laughs> and and just so much uh, venom being slung around at anything that moves that you disagree, that people disagree with. Like it, it's just breaks my heart mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, so I'm going to toss this back to the community. I want to know what you guys think about it. Uh, get involved on Facebook. Get involved in our Discord. If you don't have access to a Discord, just post in the Facebook group. Hey, I want access to the Discord. Um, we are on meetup.com. That's where you can find a lot of game events going on or groups that meet up on a regular basis. Yep. Uh, most groups meet up anywhere between two, two, one to two times a month. We meet up weekly. And if you want to come and join us at our groups, at any of our clubs, Thursdays and Friday. Thursday, we're at Whole Foods off Runner Road in Plano. And Fridays, we're here at Nerdvana. Both clubs start at 8 a.m. And I'd love to see some of you come in and talk about it. Yeah. Uh, also, the uh, <clears throat> the beer club is once a month. Yes. And uh, that is next week, the last Tuesday yes. of every month. That's correct. All right. Uh, I guess we might as well sign off then. Yeah. So thank you all for joining us, especially if you stuck around through the extended <laughs> topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been Michael Sewell. and I'm Rebecca Easton. It was great to talk to you guys, and we'll see you next time. Have a good morning. Mm-hmm.